Hi. Welcome to Modern Medieval, the podcast. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Megan. And I'm Elo. If you haven't listened to us before this episode, then thank you for tuning in. And if you're coming back, then thank you for tuning back, tuning in too. Uh, retuning in. Retuning. That's the one. That's the or one. returning. You know, you can put the R in like parentheses and read it either way you want. That's true. So thank you. Um, yes, 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 yes. Today we're keeping it seasonal and we're going to talk about Christmas and the origins of Christmas. Yes, which are quite um, vast to be yeah, yeah. fair. So this is going to be very broad strokes. We'll see how this episode goes because we do yeah. want to keep it a bit more digestible. Last week was quite yeah. hefty. Yes, and yes. If you guys have opinions, <laughs> yeah, if you have opinions on that episode, do let us know. Um, I thought it was very fun, but obviously you're the listener. And so we'll also see like because we're going to be so broad today that we might continue this into next conversation into next week, just depending on how we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is no, in no way comprehensive. So uh, I guess a good way to, to start is not the broad question that we just edited out where I asked Ella, what is Christmas? But a better way to start is, so today, the day we're recording is December 6th, which is also St. Nicholas Day. And yes. much of Europe and the Christian Catholic calendar. And it follows what last night and yesterday was, which is Krampusnacht, which is a yeah. Germanic tradition or yeah. and Central European. I don't know if you came across that. It's actually like all of Central Europe that's kind of yeah. entwined in that. It's interesting because in, in Brussels, if I'm not wrong, I think it was on the 12th for some reason. Yeah, I, sh- like- I should have asked Nick or my friend Marinka because they're yeah. from uh, Belgium. Belgium and the Netherlands, respectively. Right. Because Nick always talks about um, Krampus and then uh, Little Black Pete, his assistant, which is like the little boy in blackface. And it's like, oh, oh because he's covered in coal, but then, you know, in the 19th century with the Congo, got much more complex. And yeah, if you've. Sure ever seen the episode of the American office where Dwight is like Dosh Twickle or whatever. And uh, Jim goes like, well, at least you didn't have someone in blackface. And Dwight calls Moe's and he's like, don't come in, don't come in. And Moe's is in like blackface because that's, that is a tradition and it still happens. And really, yeah, it's one of those ones that's really, I think kind of scary or iffy to get into because it has been around for centuries but right. then with what happened in colonialism and then, you know, the blackface trend and where we are now today, you know, where we're much more conscientious of representation and not being offensive and Black Lives Matter and indigenous people and everything that we're not, I, I mean, I don't know if you have any brief thoughts on it, but yeah, it's, but I don't know when they celebrate. That was your main question, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Feel like, it feels like, you know, to, at what point does tradition, do certain traditions stop? When should they stop? You know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. There's this very famous Italian cartoon, mm-hmm. which is like this very famous advert for um, whitening fabric. Mm-hmm. And basically, like, it's a black little bird. Mm-hmm. And his mom 
he gets dirty with like this black powder mm-hmm. and he, his mum and all his family like reject him mm-hmm. and then they wash him off and he goes oh nobody loves me nobody loves me because I'm black and then he goes you're not black you're just dirty and then they wash him and then he get you know so that's and then like you, you think about that and you think like a whole generation was brought up on this advert yeah well and then a couple years ago there was that viral ja- i think it was japanese um washing detergent commercial that went through oh, where God. it was like a attractive um, black man that she put into the wash and then at the end out came not a black person you're kidding i'm not kidding, kidding. i can't remember oh, if it was like Jap- it was an Asian commercial, but I can't remember if it was Japanese or Korean Chinese. So, yeah, that stuff still happens. Yeah. Um, sorry, this is what is aggression yeah, <laughs> on sorry. our part. We'll find out the actual, you know, date yeah. if it's different in the Netherlands and Belgium, yeah. but elsewhere, like in Germany and everything, I guess Krampusnacht was last night, and then today is it's always December sixth. That yeah. is Saint Nicholas Day. And I think Krampus is actually quite interesting because I very much, in my American mind, associate it just with Germany. Yeah, me too. But it's actually Central European, so it's quite broad. Huh. And um, so, yeah, the half-goat, half-demon figure, a lot of folklorists and historians believe that or theorize it goes back to pre-Christian Alpine traditions. So been around for millennia, basically. And that in like 1958, this um, historian Maurice Bruce wrote, there seems to be like little doubt as to Krampus's true identity for in no other form is the full regalia or, you know, depiction of the horned God of the witches so well preserved. And the horned god is one of the two primary deities found in Wicca and some types of neo-paganism. So, of course, both of these are more modern imaginings of very pre-Christian traditions that we generally associate, I would think, with, like, the Celts. Yeah. I could be wrong, but, like, that seems, you know... Yeah, I mean, in my be- imagination, too. So Krampus has the birch, which is both a phallic signifier, um, as well as to possibly a connection to the initiation rites of certain witch covens Mm -hmm. and rites that entailed binding and scourging as a form of of mock death. So like whipping and everything. And he also has chains and the chains could have been introduced as a Christian attempt to quote unquote bind the devil. But despite that, it's still a remnant of pagan rites. Yeah. And so I just think that this idea of paganness, paganity, paganicity. I'm not sure. Of a pagan. I always wrong as well, so I'm not yeah. even trying. <laughs> like a pagan, I guess, like origin or yeah. root also exists with Christmas, the broad yeah. idea of Christmas. Well, it's interesting as well because I always thought like that like Christmas in the Middle Ages may have been like replacing pagan holidays or like that you know that they may have existed at the same time Mm -hmm. or that like for some reason obviously like you associate the middle ages with like that kind of super session of like what's deemed right and incorrect and like that kind of thing and then actually like to my surprise in my research it's appeared that like christmas was 
celebrated in one form or another in that time. And because there were like celebrations of the end of the harvest, Mm -hmm. uh, drunken celebrations and stuff. So it's interesting to like see what you thought was um, one way and actually ends up being another way or like how the histories complicate each other. Yeah, no, 100%. And even though generally, I guess, Krampusnacht and St. Nicholas isn't part of the um, Yule season, that's not until later in the month, December 21st to January 1st. Yeah. Which Yule is also a whole other kind of like pagan origin that gets wrapped around with this, with like what you were just saying, Elo. Yeah. I guess Krampus and St. Nicholas are kind of like the beginning of the official celebrations yeah. in the season yeah. in regards yeah. to like they're seen as wintertime celebrations yeah and it's interesting because like obviously it starts now but it ends with the epiphany in on mm-hmm. the 6th of january so like it's so like it's so complicated in this part of the world how these celebrations just fall like throughout a month and a half yeah well so like in my research on just like christmas and i guess christmas season so like what you were just saying the idea of Christmas, which is the mass of Christ, so the mm-hmm. mass of Christ's birth, which it seems like it would be self-explanatory, but I remember the first time I kind of merged those two years yeah. ago and it was like, what? <laughs> just like, because it's, it's so just like, oh, it's called Christmas and it's a word yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. think about, but that Christmas does have pagan roots and that, as you were saying, like the harvest um, in polytheistic Rome, so you know, we're talking about, you know, all the way up into England and everything. On December 25th in their um, culture was the celebration of the unconquered sun. So the marking of the return of longer days. So the winter solstice, which is something that is around the year. And then this was followed by Saturnalia, the festival where people feasted and exchanged gifts. Then the church in Rome, as Christianity grows, decides that during the reign of Constantine, who's, you know, the first Christian emperor, that Christmas should be on December 25th to kind of weaken, but also incorporate yeah. these pagan yeah, rites. Yeah. And as I said in the previous episode, that the birth of Jesus is, like, debated. Yeah, um, isn't it, like, supposed to be Easter? Yeah, like, Easter or June, like, it's kind yeah. of all over the place. But with Christmas deciding, so the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day, the 25th, that then that goes to March 25th, you know, nine months prior as like the Holy Conception. No. And so it's just kind of yeah, interesting that has been set and now throughout the centuries has affected the calendar and celebration. Yeah. Um, because when they were like establishing Christmas, yes, you know, like before it was official, the idea of like when to celebrate Jesus's birth and how was complex because this is also like a peak time for martyrs and saints. Yeah. You know, the um, romantic um, time. So there was strong opposition at the time to celebrate the birthday of saints. They, they would go, or martyrs. They'd think, no, the day of their martyrization, the day of their death is the more important day because yeah. that's the day that they like, kind of transcend, right? Yeah. But a lot of kind of church fathers thought, well, because of this like Roman major holiday and everything, celebrating the birth of Christ and also the idea of the unconquered sun, 
Mm-hmm. So you think of sun both as the orb in the sky, S-U-N, but also the S-O-N, sun, yeah, God, yeah. S-O-N. I love wordplay. So I was like, all right, all right, I'll take that, you know? But yeah, like the New Testament has no real like, this is the day of baby Jesus yeah. on earth. And it's interesting as well because like it's obviously like the longer time has gone by, the more power has been divided you know like it political power tends to be secular and then the religious power tends to be its own thing but it's so interesting to see how like regardless there's secularization of the powers mm-hmm. hasn't really like come full circle because we're still celebrating these things and our calendar years is still determined by certain choices yeah well and like in that you know, these choices are not just the um, Christian faith. And we are realizing that we are talking primarily about like a Western Europe perspective. Yeah, this is definitely just... Um, for next week, which I think will be our last week before... Christmas. We break. Sorry, yeah. yeah <laughs> the break. Christmas, because we are both Western and Women. Christian celebrating. Yeah. yeah. That I think looking both into Hanukkah would be yeah. really... Because this is in tandem with Christmas, but of course very in opposition as well but I also think that looking into I like I don't know much about Islamic traditions or Hindu like I know that we just had Diwali which is the birth of light and I was like in the middle of the first British the second British lockdown right so they didn't get any like exemptions yeah which which is so stupid because like then you know they're doing the Christmas one yeah, which in my research, though, Christmas has also, because it's become kind of so commercialized and because yeah. it is vastly the time Practice. off because of just, yeah. you know, society, that a lot of people who are not of the faith do kind of embrace the time to celebrate in their own way. But mm-hmm. I think looking kind of into the other traditions, and of course, like we just listed, you know, Diwali and I, that the same time of year has a similar pattern, and they're celebrating the similar sorts of things of like light and dark it's not just like christianity watering down i mean there's other universality i guess you could say around the world it's just like when you look at origin of the earth stories Mm -hmm. and folk tales like water is involved in african tales and south american tales it's kind of interesting when you think well there is this universal human theme if you will i guess but also what you're saying before that little tangent elo of how these like religious moments that have been prescribed through the centuries affect us, but because they were also considering pagan traditions yeah. in these, that it's actually like we're still practicing in a way a pagan right yeah, holiday. Yeah. And then also just like science, a lot of the pagan holidays are because of the way that the earth and the universe work. Like, and can I just say, sorry, yeah. this is, this is my class. I get so annoyed about these things. We live in such a non conforming to the way that the universe works right like we're so disconnected from our food we have no idea anymore as to how like you harvest food mm-hmm. like these things are so like there's such a discrepancy in everything that just it's so annoying it's so like disconnected and it makes you feel a bit lost when you think about these things right like that this is knowledge that theoretically is inherited from the past and you're so unaware. I mean, at least I am. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with what you're saying. And there has been like a resurgence in some fields, but they're quite small. 
like I remember when I was working at the wine shop last year, there is new like wine production that goes by like the lunar cycle. Oh, I didn't know that. And like crop rotation. It's really complex. I was kind of like, I can't tell if this is like a genuine attempt to return or if it's more of just like a new age capitalism ploy. (laughs) That's just citizen. But um Well, it was interesting. So I live in the countryside in in Italy, right? Mm -hmm. And um my mum, we have like we go to a farm, well farmers market kind of. And like I had a conversation with one of the ladies who, you know, grows the crops and she's like, you know, we don't get vegetables that are full of pesticides because realistically it doesn't take a genius to know that like if you eat a ton of pesticide made food you can have pears in summer or like whatever kind of vegetable in out season but then there's no it's no surprise that there's a rise of cancers and I was like god like how do we not think about this like (laughs) obviously it makes sense globalism and capitalism man that shit show come on um yeah it's just I was thinking about this a lot in regards to like pagan traditions you know you think that those things are dead just like how latin is supposed to be a dead language yeah but it lives on in so much of at least like english and french like the latin languages because of the roots and i guess our calendars and stuff are so ingrained in you know spring equinox winter equinox the solstices yeah yeah i just think it's quite like beautiful so christmas romans really early going pagans we will not we will celebrate with you but we will say that we are doing our own thing yeah jesus to make it all like fit um it is quite amazing isn't it like i feel like also our generation especially is influenced by the whole like capitalistic conception of christmas yeah that like there's like layers and layers of meaning that you have to kind of deconstruct to get to the base yeah oh definitely I mean and just thinking about like the symbols of Christmas so we've got you know the Christmas tree and Santa Claus Saint Nick however you um call him him, Father Christmas that yeah have been like so watered down and whatnot but are again like really historic like the Christmas tree they don't really know when it started but again that they think that there are pagan roots or like folk roots in that yeah that it's not just that actually a lot of it has to do with like a Germanic or Saxon because like Odin, the God, I mean, he was like a God of trees, you know, and like all that relationship and just kind of like when you distance yourself for a moment and think like, why am I bringing a tree into my house to put like baubles, ornaments and lights on it? Yeah. You know, and then I put, like, packages under this tree. It's, like, when you just kind of step back for a moment, you go, that is... Ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's a bit bizarre. Yeah, I know. I love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, to be fair, like, I do too. I fucking love a Christmas tree. I love decorating them and having them in the smell. You know, they're actually, if disposed of correctly, they're less harmful than a fake Christmas tree. Yeah, um, I'm, I have to look into like what Manchester's deal is with trees. Because last year in London, they had like spots on blocks where you could just all go take your tree. So when I was at work in Primrose Hill, just down the corner, down the street, was this like chain link fence. 
this may be the size of like my flat now, just piled with trees in the local neighborhood. I mean, this had to have been like 10 feet tall or something of just trees, you know, to be discarded. Um, but then, yeah, they properly dispose of these trees by making mulch. You can also put trees in like riverbeds and streams and fish make homes out of them. Hmm. But yeah, and also tinsel on trees just kind of negates the tree being able to be repurposed. Cause yeah, and also like I think as well in a time when we need more and more oxygen, yeah, we need, you know, any kind of endeavor that uses real trees and oxygens and keeps people committed to that part of mm-hmm. the um, of our environment is is good. I think, in my opinion, rather than buying something artificial out of artificial right like it, yeah. it that's really disconnected from the reality yeah no i mean i i'm not just a traditionalist and like real tree but also tree farms are actually really good because they constantly have to be planting new trees so yeah. they can grow yeah i mean you don't just take a year old tree home like i guess yes it's sad that you're killing a five or six year old tree but then they're constantly like replanting yeah, and recycling I mean, yeah i mean what would they do otherwise also, that kind of knowledge is, you know, so experience-based that mm-hmm. we need that those people to keep working so that they can keep propagating that knowledge. It's, it's yeah. just part of our society. Yeah, and, like, tree farms are also just beautiful and lots of, uh, like, oxygen and air yeah. cleansing. And they're just magical. Going to yeah. – I've only I done it once. Been. I did it once in South Dakota with my mom because um, she nice. always gets her tree the day after Thanksgiving. So oh, when wow. I went for Thanksgiving like, three years ago, we had to drive like 45 minutes or something to the tree farm. But yeah, you got to like pick your tree. You could cut it down if you wanted or, you know, like tag it and then they come do it for you. And yeah, just all the different sizes. It was like a really fun experience. And yeah, very kind of not humbling, but like, yeah. Yeah, being surrounded by all these trees and then choosing and knowing that some of them are going to continue growing. You could also see the little saplings oh, um, that I guess were like a year or two old because they don't plant during winter because it's yeah. cold and the little, little ones will die. But so, yeah, all for that. And yeah, Christmas. So, but the origin of the modern Christmas tree that we think of started actually in the Renaissance. So, post medieval, yeah. but classic. They're more modern than you think, I guess, is what yeah. you could say. And in early modern Germany, Germany is just all about the wintertime stuff we've taken from them, yeah. from the Germanic peoples. In the 16th century, it's usually associated with Lutheranism, but it's not like conclusive that that's when candles started being mm. placed on the trees. And then the earliest like known dated representation of a Christmas tree is on the keystone sculpture of a private home in Turkheim, Alsace, then part of Germany, but now France, in 1576. But there are other depictions of like possible tree predecessors coming from like Georgia, the, the country, not the state. State was not even a twinkle in the eye at that time. Um, Poland, which I didn't know, Estonia, Latvia, and Germany. And they're all different kind of types of trees, which is cool. Like in Georgia, they're, oh my gosh, I don't know how to pronounce this. They're chichilaki. Guarantee that's not how you pronounce it, but that's the phonetic way I'm going to go <laughs> with it. Um, is made from tri- dried hazelnut or walnut branches that are shaped to form a small coniferous tree. 
So it looks like a really uh, curly haired kind of like tree gnome thing. It's really cute. It's like a foot or two tall. Um, and they're pale colors. So they're not green because they're the shaving. So it's a brown, like a light brown colored. They're the most common in the Guria and Semigrello regions of Georgia near the Black Sea, though they can be found elsewhere. This tree with its curls are meant to kind of resemble or evoke the famous beard of St. Basil the Great, uh, because the Eastern Orthodox Church commemorates St. Basil on the 1st of January. Mm-hmm. So, and then, yeah, the Polish Podwoźniczka. <laughs> I I, I I don't even know what it's supposed to sound like. So, you know. That's the best I'm going to get. And I'm not even going to like try to, try to spell it out because it's like a typical Polish word that's got some fancy Polish uh, letters right. in it. It's a folk tradition dating back to an old pre-Christian pagan custom of suspending a branch of fir, spruce, or pine from the ceiling during the time of Koliada Winter Festival, which... Is Slavic, so this is not just exclusively Polish, uh, right. the Poliata. And then the branches were decorated with apples, nuts, acorns, and stars made of straw. Right. And then in more recent time, colored paper cutouts, which are called visinanki, uh, wafers, cookies, and Christmas baubles. And then the branch had powers that were linked to the good harvest and prosperity. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to bring that one up because of what you were saying, Ella. So again, this kind of recycling, repurposing, reusing even in something like the christmas tree i also just like that idea of like a magical tree branch and putting fruit on it just in general you know no i agree and also like it's it's so interesting to know every how every country like celebrates these things because obviously it's slightly different everywhere yeah and also just like the idea of the shape of the christmas tree you know which has become so iconic because it's so triangular yeah, But then if you look at images of some of the trees that have been traditionally used, some of them look much more like bush-like or mm-hmm. like not a tree that you would think that people would put in a house today. Yeah, that's true. Um, and yeah, decorated differently. I mean, presents used to be put on trees like in the Victorian era, which just my brain's like, why? You've got candles that are going to catch the tree on fire and then your presents are going to catch on fire. well that was quite fun you know a bit of flammable fun flammable fun (laughs) I love that it just made me think not related but in the Buffy buffering the pod oh my gosh in the Buffy podcast I listened to buffering the vampire slayer uh the character character angel is who's a vampire is like always around candles and always like barely evading the candle which vampires catch on fire and turn to ash and die and so they're always like oh he doesn't care but i like thinking of that now as flammable fun <laughs> it's just very not like, to try at home though yeah, yeah. <laughs> do not try at home so Ella, i don't i've been do you have any like thoughts or wishes on that? that yes share Did it anyone know is that. it flammable fun fun fact actually not I'm sorry, I don't have it. That was that was peak. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Did anyone know that Christmas was cancelled one year? What? But like not just, you know, the year Santa Claus forgot or something, like actually cancelled? Yeah. And do we want to try and guess whether it was in the Middle Ages or later? Mm, 
Well, I mean, you already told me, so I know. I it's know not you, you know, you, I know you ages. know. Anyway, sorry. Um, so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was such a downer on that. Being oh, like, oh, right. So this happened in the seventeenth century, and um, because of a wave of religious reform, so which changed the way that Christmas was celebrated in Europe, and mm-hmm. so in the UK, in England, sorry, when Oliver Cromwell and his Persian forces took over in sixteen forty-five. They vowed, they vowed to rid England of decadence. And as part of that effort, they got mm-hmm. rid of Christmas. But obviously, like, people had been celebrating for, like, two centuries prior. So they were kind of not that keen on this. And so when Charles II was restored, so was Christmas. Um, and I thought it was something, like, quite interesting to note because, obviously, this year Christmas is going to be celebrated in different forms, uh, possibly not in the same way that you're used to, which, in my opinion, is better because I just don't like family gatherings. But, <laughs> like, I can understand that for, like, a lot of people this is going to be quite a disappointing or sad or hard Christmas ahead. And so I thought it'd be, like, good to remind ourselves that aside from world wars and things like that there have been other years where this has not been celebrated yeah well and it's also funny because as you were talking I I quickly just googled to because I'm curious you know the conversation which is a really good online platform everyone for like academic articles that are actually accessible like reading wise talks about this year Christmas is cancelled and it was published three weeks ago so they're actually talking about these parallels between 2020 and how um so in 1647 when christmas was banned in england which also include wales um scotland and ireland that as as you were just saying there was a total ban on like everything festive from decorations to gatherings rebellions broke out across the country so like it just feels like today (laughs) where people were like fuck you we're celebrating yeah. and how, you know, the UK is basically like, yeah, starting the 16th, things can start opening up so that you can spend time with family and friends. But yeah. everyone just knows there's going to be a third lockdown in January. Like it's not yeah. official, but like you just know it's going to come. Yeah. Like the repercussions. Yeah. Um, in Italy, it's interesting. So they've gone on the other approach of like, no, we're just not going to let this happen. And so they've put like a ban to go to move from like your – um area mm-hmm. on christmas eve and christmas day oh yeah i think like, i saw that on the guardian yeah. yeah and like obviously that's just gonna mean that people are just gonna go wherever the fuck they want anyway and yeah. they're just gonna get fined and so it's just like the thing of like well two approaches which one's worse yeah <laughs> um i mean i guess it shows just how like the thing is it's hard cause it's not like selfish no. when you want to see your family but at the same time it is kind of selfish because there selfish. are people who are going to die because yeah, this of this is the thing, right? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, you know what? There's been, like, fucked up Christmases before, everyone. Yeah. Not saying it makes this one any better, but, like, it is puts 2020 a little bit in perspective, which I try to find to myself to do more often, you know, when it feels hard. It's like, yeah, as you were saying, world wars, other just wars and battles, the plagues that have gone on, you know, like... Yeah. least... Even this is a pandemic, I'm still so thankful that it's not like an Ebola pandemic or, you know, yeah. even like the yellow fever or something like that. Even though we're still learning about how kind of destructive this virus is and the after effects, yeah. it's not people like losing their bowels literally and like other horrifying things like that. 
it's still traumatizing and tragic, but uh, it's quite difficult, isn't it? It's just yeah. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> anyway, so anyways, we we send you lots of Christmas cheer, yeah, and good vibes, and yeah, you know, lots of ho ho hos from Saint Nick, who we brought up really briefly, and so yeah, Santa Claus is related to Saint Nick, but yeah. not. He's also partially Father Christmas, Father Noel. Uh, what were the other ones? Yeah. So Father Christmas is British. Sinterklaas, who's based off St. Nicholas, and that's uh, Dutch. And then there's also elements of the Germanic deity Woden, mm. who's related to the pagan midwinter event of Yule, which we'll have to talk at a future time because that is just like a bonkers one that is very archaic and like old, but is actually really in a lot of Christmas, which I find interesting. Like the song Deck the Halls. You know, and the lyrics of that song, which everyone like kind of knows and kind of doesn't know because it's just a lot of like fa la 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 but they have the um, line about the, the Yule in it that is like, watch the Yule flame before us. Of course, now I'm trying to look at the lyrics and all I can see is fa la 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 fa la 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 and it's like <laughs> dizzying. Um, <laughs> Oh, so there's, like, Troll the Ancient Christmas Carol, but that's also, like, Troll the Ancient Yuletide Carol. I think that's the only one. And there's another one where it's, like, oh, see the flowing bowl before us. There's another part where it's, like, a flaming Yule because there's the Yule log that has to stay lit throughout Yule because if not, then dark spirits get into your house. We'll talk about that again, like I said, in the mm. future. But I botched up the fa-la-la-la-la, fa-la-la-la. But... <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's so interesting. That's such a common song. But you don't, it's just like a word in the song. But it actually has a distant thing. <laughs> um, oh, sorry. <laughs> this is just quite entertaining to me. Yeah, obviously I did my research and like really thought about how I was going to articulate myself this week. I did do the research, but articulation is just fa-la-la-la-lying. Um, Hello. <laughs> oh, fun fact that related to like medieval ages because that's just not really a theme this week it's an, mm. a broad idea but did you know that all of santa's reindeer are women they're all female because oh, male sexist. reindeer lose their antlers in winter time but the female reindeer keep their antlers so all the reindeer that. are motherfucking women working awesome. hard just now as getting always, their realizations i mean i think that's just like a biology thing that people didn't like think about but uh my mind was blown when I learned that it's just I did like not know that I'm the still meme processing that I sent this is fall la 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 again but it was like uh fill the white house full of women uh just like Kamala la 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 oh, but I thought it was like funny it was something like that because it was like using holidays but then her name and being like feminism <laughs> But yes, the St. Nick, did you know that the red and white of St. Nick is related to 1920s ads for Coca-Cola in America that then yes, spread I'm throughout the world? I'm not like surprised. He, I, I didn't, don't think I knew that, but I'm just not surprised when you said that. I kind of feel like I, it was like something I knew. That makes yeah. sense. Because like um, traditional colors for Santa Claus. Wasn't uh, it green? So it's either... Like a silver and blue, which is right. still part of um, Noel in France and those regions. Oh. There are areas that's green. Sometimes it is green and red. And I mean, there I don't remember where, but like 
red and white was used, but the like kind of again like icon of Santa is red and white is because of Coca-Cola. That's their colors. I hate Coca-Cola. I'm addicted to Diet Coke, but I really hate them. <laughs> I mean, I choose Coke over Pepsi like any day. Also, Coca-Cola throughout its advertising history has had yeah. like some of the best adverts of all time. I agree. I just hate them. <laughs> I, like, I, I am a living paradox in this. I, I'm addicted, but like, I just I hate this about me. It's like smoking. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so Saint Nick right. was a gift giver and he's yeah. an early Christian saint, as I was mentioning. And um, he's a patron saint of like so many things. It's, fucking bonkers and made me laugh because thinking of our what is a patron saint episode yeah this is according to wikipedia saint nicholas of mira is traditionally the 15th of march 270 to 6 december 343 so today woo saint nick's day uh he's also known as nicholas of bari and he was an early christian bishop of greek descent from mira in asia minor which is now part of turkey Mm. during the roman empire he had many miracles, but he's also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. So kind of like St. Valentine in that sense. And okay, you ready for what he's patron saint of? Sure. St. Nicholas is the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, prostitutes, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students in various cities and countries around Europe. So basically all the vulnerable. Yeah, but like, I also just love how it was listed like prostitutes and then children, where it's like he's really got a scale of <laughs> um, protection going on. Also, prostitutes should be paid. Yeah, just okay. saying that out there. We but, want uh, rights. I mean, not me, but they want. They need rights. Yes, they, they deserve need. rights. Yeah, his reputation evolves among the faithful. Like exactly what you were saying, Elo. Uh, those who are most vulnerable. I mean, pawnbrokers, don't know if they're the most vulnerable, but definitely prostitutes, children, repentant thieves, sailors to the ocean. And so he would secretly give gifts. And so then that's kind of where this tradition of gift giving from Santa Claus and then all these other figures comes from. But I just wanted to make sure we chatted about him briefly because at geography. And he'll probably come up again more at some other point because there's not really a lot known about him. He's definitely one of those real figures that existed, but then the stories around are kind of what's fact, what's fiction, what's a merging of the two. Yeah, I guess that's the, I mean, like we said, Yule will have to be, in Yuletide season, it's going to have to be like its own thing at some point, because... Maybe next week. That's complex. Yeah. And, I mean, again, there is so much more we could talk about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not everything else. We'll just try and cover more things. And then Elo and, our, and I were thinking that maybe in our time off, depending on how ambitious we're feeling, we might try to cook some medieval dishes and then, you know, talk about those on our oh my God. social media. So to like still oh, be around. Oh, that might be a disaster. <laughs> Looking forward to um, it. Because you can't really podcast about the cooking process, but you can talk about it afterwards. Oh, yeah. We can take you step by step. So we'll we will let you know next week what we decide on. It'll yeah, be yeah. very not ambitious, 
things? Like we're not going to do goose or eel or something. No, no, I refuse. But maybe there's like a pastry that's not too hard or like a mulled wine recipe or something. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are just some fun things. Hopefully learn something about Christmas. I'm sorry. sorry. That just made me think of the, 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 the vine of the kid. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but you're you're gonna hear clicking. (laughs) Uh, Happy Christmas! It's Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. (laughs) Did you hear that? Oh well. So that's a vine. I'm not being a horrible person. Like that was actually like a thing that was very popular on the internet. And he's so happy, and he's at like Rockefeller Center. But Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Chrysler. <laughs> so sorry, I said Merry Christmas. I just, my brain instantly. Yeah, it was funny. It's actually short, funny. Short. So if you guys want to find us on social media to wrap this up. Yes. You can find us on Instagram by typing podcast.modern.medieval. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a page in a group where we'd like you to engage. Just type Modern Medieval Podcast. We have got an email where if you've got more queries, please do send us a line. Um, and you can you can find us at modern.medieval.podcast at gmail.com. We are on YouTube, Modern Medieval Podcast. We are also on Twitter. Yes, Twitter. Our handle is at medieval underscore modern. Find us there. Tweet at us. Yeah. And we hope you've enjoyed. Yes. Until next time. I'm Megan. And I'm Elo. And this is Modern Medieval, the podcast. Do, 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 do. La 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 la. <laughs>